And I'm going to start this off and just say welcome everybody to another episode of Potlatch Stories. And today I'm at the depot. Today I have Gary Strong with us. Gary, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. What is it about Potlatch that makes it so unique? Because I'm starting to find out around town that people are listening to these episodes and they're really liking what we're having to say. So from your point of view, what is it about Potlatch that makes it so unique? Well, it's a community. It's a family. It grew up as a company town surrounding the mill. And when the mill left in 1981, I think all the predictions were that the town would just fold up and disappear. And that hasn't happened. And I think what we see is uh, the excitement of places like Scenic Six and uh, the depot and the activities in the school system and the fact that it's a great place to live. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Were you born here in Potlatch? No, I was born in Moscow, but okay. the family lived north of Potlatch, about eight miles in on Deep Creek. On Deep Creek. So you were raised here in Potlatch? Raised around Potlatch, yes. Fantastic. Went to school here. Went to school. To elementary school? Uh, elementary and high, 12 years straight through. Okay. There was no kindergarten or anything. Oh, there was no and kindergarten. And my older brother had attended first grade at the Elmore School, which was right near our house. And then it, when he went into second grade, the schools all consolidated in 1952. And so we were all bused to Potlatch. Okay. And how was that? Was that a big change for the community that you know of? Well, I think there was always that you gave up something local. Mm -hmm. uh, but the rural schools were definitely on their way out. The company had given up the school in 1952 and turned it over to, uh, made it a public school. Okay. Uh, and the buildings were all given over to the new school district. It was uh, now a consolidated school district 285 instead of Potlatch Schools 94. Wow. And the company gave those buildings to the school district? That's that my you know understanding, of? yeah, to create the school district. Wow. And up till that time, it had been one of the best private schools in the state of Idaho. Now, yesterday we mentioned, we talked a little bit about the private part. Can you explain that a little bit? What do you mean a private school? Well, the company... Uh, started the school to have education for the families mm -hmm. of the workers in the mill. Uh, William Deary, in particular, believed in a very strong mm -hmm. education. And uh, in order to be a public school, you had to have at least three freeholders that could be elected to create a school board. Well, there were no one owned anything in Potlatch except the company. Right. So the company outfitted a school and ran it from 1906 to... Uh, 1952, and they turned it over to the school district, to the new school district. Wow. And from your understanding, was the private potlatch school system a good school system? It was an excellent school system. They had things like manual arts and home economics and engineering and uh, math and all the typical subjects with excellent teachers. They paid well, paid almost the best in the county uh, to their teachers. And of course, it was under the aegis of the company, so they paid all the bills. Right. And all the children of uh, company families uh, were allowed to go to school free of charge. Uh, those of us out in the country, like my parents, uh, paid tuition or came to town and worked and stayed. And an aunt who was a, 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 did housework and whatnot here mm -hmm. in town to pay her way into school. Wow. And so they created the high school, of course, that had been running 
since uh, the first classes graduated in 1912, 13, I think around in that period okay. of time, uh, and then has been a continuous school system ever since. Wow, that is great to know. Now, yesterday we mentioned something about family mills, mm -hmm. um, something that I wasn't aware of. I knew of the mill here in Potlatch, but you mentioned that families owned mills also in the region. There were probably 25 to 30 family-owned mills all throughout Lataw County. My family owned, actually on both sides of my family, owned mills. The Alva Strong Mill up on Deep Creek, and then later the D.I. Nurk Lumber Company, which my father worked in for a number of years. But there was the uh, Parnell Mill and the Carskallen Mill and the Bell Mill and the Webster Mill, and always named after families. And... Many of them cut the timber for local buildings and homes. And wow. you literally, uh, I, the, I've been doing some research on the Mountain Home Grange Hall, for example. Mm -hmm. Well, the timber for that was all donated by farmers around, taken to the sawmill and made into lumber and then brought and built the Mountain Home Grange Hall in 1936. Wow. The timber for the Elmore Church was donated and cut right in the field there behind the Elmore Church on the Slagle, what's now the Slagle property at the Parnell Mill. Wow. And then they took it down through the stumps and built it right below where my wife and I now live. Uh, and then in 1936, the church intact was moved across the road, across the creek, uh, out uh, next to Highway 95, which was being built north at that time. Wow. What great history. Now, did you work at your family mill? <laughs> oh, yeah. I started in the mill uh, summer I was 13 years old, uh, worked on the green chain, and then I worked my way up. My last uh, summer there, I actually uh, rode the carriage and set ratchets for the logs that would be going through the head saw to be cut. Uh, worked in the lumber yard and around. Uh, we had uh, probably 10 uh, employees or so that worked there. Well, wow. now did you ever work at the potlatch mill? No, I didn't. Uh, I brother, my brothers did, okay. uh, younger brothers, but we worked, uh, our time was all taken up right there at the family mill. And Potlatch actually shipped uh, timber out of Potlatch. And so those family sawmills became very important because we supplied the local timber for house building and uh, barns and all of that locally. Wow. Now you spent your elementary school years here in Potlatch. Can you give us a recollection of what that was like? Well, my years? earliest recollection is that we were in a uh, temporary or an old building, which had been the uh, high school at one time up by where the uh, planters are next to the current elementary school. I didn't go in that new oh. building. I went in old buildings okay. and uh, junior high school was there. We had a fire, so we ended up being bussed out to Princeton for a short time to go to school. So I kidded kids in college that I attended school at Princeton. I never told them <laughs> it was Princeton, Idaho. And it was and elementary. It was a short time. Uh, I've been back. They had repaired the building, and we went back into that. My recollection of my most favorite elementary school teacher was Mrs. Alexander. She taught all of us kids. She was a wonderful, and Mrs. Kinman, who was sixth grade. Those were the two that always have, I have remembered specifically, and I, they taught for generations here. That's fantastic. Now, were you involved in sports at all as you were growing up? No, no sports. Uh, I wasn't a very good athlete. 
but I was very much involved in drama and music. And Mrs. Bennett, who was the high school English teacher, Latin teacher, librarian, uh, drama coach, and so forth, uh, was really my mentor. Uh, and uh, Mr. Downey, Sandy Downey, was the music teacher, and they, mm -hmm. uh, so my sports were in the pep band along the side and uh, cheering and, and shouting, and then I got my letter in music and drama uh, for my letter sweater and whatnot. Now, you mentioned Latin. There was a Latin class at the high school. I had four years of Latin. Uh, that was the only, I wanted languages, and that was the only language potlatch taught in those <laughs> oh, days. So I learned Latin for four years and then went on to the university and majored or minored in Spanish. And, well, okay. Now, if I put you on the spot, this isn't rehearsed. Can you hit me with some Latin? Veni, veni, vinci. We came, we saw, we conquered. Fantastic. And that's probably about it if I <laughs> had it off the top of my head anymore. Mrs. Bennett was great. She was also the English teacher and the librarian. And I got my hunger for library work by working in the school library as well. Wow. It was better than sitting in the study hall. Definitely. <laughs> now, going off to the high school, uh, you transitioned from the elementary to the high school. Was the high school different? High school was very different. It was across the road, of course, where the apartments are now. And uh, by that time, the big auditorium had been added, a study hall auditorium. That's where we did the plays. And then the music uh, uh, was in the elementary school. Uh, they had put the elementary school, the first part of it in, and the gymnasium was where basketball and yep. everything was done in those days. And we would walk over there. Um, and the uh, cafeteria, of course, was in the elementary school. But uh, we, uh, uh, high school, that building, uh, the I remember vividly the, the stairs and the creaking floors, you would, the bell would ring and there would be these, it had sounded like people popping those bubbles, those plastic oh, yes. bubbles and whatnot as you walked around <laughs> on the floors in that building. There were also the chemistry uh, and physics labs were down in the ground floor on the front side and then on one side and the home ec room was on the other side. The band room was off in the back corner on the first floor and I remember being there and the floors would creak in time with the bass drum that I played. <laughs> now, what was it like growing up in the 50s here in Potlatch? Well, everything was very community oriented. We, we all uh, belonged to our churches. Uh, we were uh, involved out at the Elmore Church. I was very much involved in 4-H uh, and 4-H and FFA still go on. FFA wasn't here at the time mm -hmm. I was growing up. And we all were raising animals or doing whatever as 4-H projects. We, uh, a lot of community activities in the church on Sundays, we got together and played baseball and ran around and, and palled and did all kinds of things. Um, and so it was very community oriented. I loved coming into Potlatch. Uh, I remember going to the gym at one time to see the Harlem Globetrotters play. I remember going to silent movies in the theater uh, that was on Pine Street, uh, where the actually just on the other side of where the current U.S. Bank is. And then on the upper floor above the bank, which was part of the mercantile, was a lodge hall. And they did plays and they had visiting, um, um, well, minstrels and music and uh, productions uh, done up there. 
the community was very civic minded. Um, Dylan Wasson, who ran one of the stores, uh, provided me with a scholarship so I could go to Boys State. Uh, and I mean, the family wasn't, I wasn't able to do that. If, if that hadn't been provided, I couldn't mm -hmm. have gone to Boys State. And there was a lot of community minded and that still goes on with distinguished young women and other kinds of things, because you got to pay it back a little bit too. That's fantastic to hear. Now, Boys State exactly, what would that be? Well, Boys State was a, a activity that high schools could send I think it was two representatives to Boise, and you literally practice state government for a week. Yes. And we developed our own laws. We had elected a governor and a legislature. I was in the legislature. And we uh, did uh, a model state legislature, uh, much like they do with the UN now and other mm -hmm. sorts of things. It was a great civic learning experience. Wow, that is fantastic to hear. Now, what role was the mill playing in town? Well, the mill, of course, was everything. It uh, By that time, they had begun to sell off the houses, uh, but the mercantile was still here. I remember the hospital and the confectionery. I had my hand sewed up in the hospital. Uh, Dr. Uh, Gibson was there, and uh, I had cut my hand on the farm, and they rushed me in here, and he sewed my hand up, and uh, my had asthma attacks, and I would come into the hospital here, and company still was very much present. You know, the mill was here. You smelled it. You heard the sirens at noon and you always breathed the sigh of relief. The class was over and you could get off and sneak downtown. And Oh, I didn't say that, did I? You could sneak down to the confectionery. And as long as you didn't go on the bar side, you were like, if you stuck your head in, you got it cut off uh, and you could buy the cherry Cokes or whatever for lunch. The mercantile was a an incredible place to wander through and just look and see what was there, the grocery department and the food and the furniture. And the, uh, I remember old Mr. Fuchs who ran the uh, shoe repair store out behind. And uh, so it was, it was very much present uh, in those days. Now for our younger listeners, what would a mercantile be today? What would we call that? Well, Walmart. Great. Uh, I think might be a good example, a target, a, Except it had everything from farm implements to pig feed to lard to, you know, everything imaginable. That you name it, have. the town needed it, yeah, they had it. Yeah. And you could come in and pay cash, but anyone who worked for the mill and got their paycheck from the mill, your uh, groceries and whatnot were on a tab and they just deducted those from your salary. Wow. Same with the hospital. I've got old uh, stubs, uh, pay stubs here. And there were boarding houses originally that the single men lived in. Married, uh, you had to be married to get a house. And uh, then you were everybody had a dollar a month deducted from their paycheck to pay for the hospital, and any of your purchases from the mercantile were charged and then deducted from your paycheck. And the rent on your house was deducted from the paycheck, oh and so you got what little was left. So the company literally. Owned it all. Owned it all. Everything. Including the depot here. That wow. was owned by the company. Built to move the logs from the woods in and the lumber out. Uh, most of the lumber that, as I mentioned, that the mill uh, created uh, went out of town. Okay. Now, were sports big back then oh, in Potlatch? Yeah. Big. Uh, lots of high school sports. Uh, the gymnasium, which was the... 
uh, Potlatch Amateur Athletic Club at one point had over 300 active members and everything could be done. There was boxing, there was all kinds of sports, basketball and whatnot. There were club rooms, there were lockers down in the basement and they put in tennis courts as early as the 1920s in town. And so sports were big. Uh, the company was very much adamant that uh, you did, uh, you worked, you worshipped, and you spent your time continuing to learn. There was a public library from almost mm -hmm. the beginning in the basement of the Union Church. Later, there was a public library put in on Pine Street and later became now the current library out uh, where it is by the high school. Uh, but those were, were the big things that went on. Of course, though, there was a little bit of extracurricular activity <laughs> that went on in Onaway and at Riverside and in Princeton and whatnot that probably we could talk about another time. Okay, that'll be for another episode. <laughs> now, you finish high school, you graduate from high school, and then where do you head off to then? Well, my, my, I went directly to the University of Idaho and was mm -hmm. there four years. Uh, and it was a incredible experience. Potlatch High School prepared me very well to go to college, um, and it was a pleasure to get off and be on my own <laughs> and pursue what I wanted to do. Did you know at that time what you wanted to do when you headed off to college? Absolutely. I wanted to be a librarian. And how did you know that? Well, Mrs. Bennett was part of an inspiration. There were actually three of us out of Potlatch High School at that time that all became librarians. Wow. And uh, I knew that I liked that. I knew I didn't want to work in the mill because mm -hmm. I'd been there on those yes, summers, sitting on the green chain, sweating <laughs> it out. And I knew that was not where I wanted my life to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that went on very well. And uh, I, as I say, the university, high school here and the university trained me well. And then I went off to the University of Michigan for my graduate work. Okay. So in what year did you leave Potlatch? 62. 62. Yeah. And then at the university until 66. And I had the pleasure there of uh, working my last year. I worked in the, the University of Idaho Library, but I had the pleasure the last year of doing demonstrations to create public library service in the rest of Laytock County and into Banawak County and Elk River. Mm -hmm. And those all passed later. That's great. So you did some time out of Potlatch. What eventually brings you back to Potlatch? Well, we uh, always, my parents and family were all here. I, I love growing up here. I love coming back. I love the climate and the weather and the whatnot. Uh, my jobs took me elsewhere. But it was always this call back to what we what we enjoyed uh, the the lifestyle the weather the actually getting four seasons a year yes. uh, and as I say we would come back and visit my folks in the summer and often at Christmas time and and whatnot and in the eighties we decided we would buy back the homestead that my family had and uh, with the intent that we would retire there and in two thousand thirteen we did we've been here ever since been here ever since. Smiling the whole time. Absolutely. Now, you work here. Uh, is this a volunteer position here with the Historic Society? Yep, yep. Absolutely volunteer. And I've been working on trying to 
help get uh, the collections in order so that we can continue to celebrate the history that is Potlatch and North Laytaw County. That's it's great. worth talking about. It definitely is. And how would you sum up Potlatch today? I think it's a bit sleepy. I keep having, I'm, I'm now the interim chair of the Scenic Six Development Corporation. Okay. And so we're interested in how does the community develop and how do we keep it alive? As I said, I think people thought it would all just die in the mid-80s when the mill closed. And through a lot of community effort, the public library was built. The city hall uh, was converted and, and uh, changed from the administrative office of the company. Uh, the uh, depot was saved. The Scenic Six was created. Recently, a group of us have started the Return to Riverside Music Festival. It happens the last yes. Saturday in every August. Mm -hmm. um, and Potlatch Days continues to go along. And uh, I was interested this summer, we had uh, opened up downstairs and we had people, over a thousand people come through from 25 different states. Wow. And people were interested in, well, what is it like to live here? This is kind of neat. Uh, and good to hear. you know, it, it is, it's kind of neat. I don't know how else to put it. We are a unique town, a company town. And yes, we are. Unique. And we wish there were a few more small commercial enterprises in town. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we've got an eatery, but we need a couple of alternative eateries. Right. Uh, we need uh, enhanced recreational capability for our kids uh, we need to continue to expand out our park system. Uh, we've got a good recreation district, and they get a bit of money. Yeah. But uh, we continue to expand those things out. Uh, the business community uh, needs its support. We need high-speed Internet here. Yes. Uh, and in the first step is beginning to do some exploration of that. We would bring more clean businesses into town if we had mm -hmm. that. So there's some economic development things that uh, a lot of us are concerned about. And it sounds to me that you're working on those. We're working on That's great. Wow. What a day today. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Gary Strong. And I just want to say, Gary, thank you so much for this. And um, maybe I will come back and we'll talk about those extracurricular um, activities that you mentioned earlier.